Uh, good morning. Good morning. morning. You're welcome to the University morning, Church of Eugene to our special missions contribution Sunday. I, I tell you, it's just so encouraging to see the Zimmermans come in today. Of course, they are the ones that uh, brought uh, Stacy to this world and right. taught her and uh, uh, the woman of God she is and Nadia over in, uh, in Bend and uh, we're, we're just glad the whole family's here in Oregon now. Right. Right. Dennis, I, I think we've known each other since the mid-80s, I think it is, wow. Boston time and anyway, it's just long, long, not a good time. <laughs> it's good to be able to gather to, uh, as a family of God to, to worship Him and pray for Him. Uh, if, uh, because of the rain, a lot of us are slowed up today. If you uh, didn't get a chance to get to the contribution, I think some of us finally got a, a, the rain all figured out. The Dan's back through the back. If you want to hand that to him, uh, he'll gladly throw in the pot back there in the back as they, they tabulate that. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, wow, what a week of celebration. Yeah, amen. Our mission's contribution today. Amen. And then next Sunday is the Ben Inaugural Service. There, there are 22 of them over there now, and people from all over the country that have come to, uh, to Bend to be part of this church starting. Amen. Amen. I got to go over Monday night and Tuesday and stay at the, at the guy's house where Joey and Madison live as well, these guys. spend the night there, and uh, they, they really keep that house up nicely. Yes. This, this isn't like the brotel we had over on Agate Street. Uh, they've got this looking nice. And, uh, and I was encouraged to be with them, have a little devotional with them uh, Monday night. But today, we want everyone here to feel welcome and a sense of belonging, a family feel. And if you're in the process of changing your life for God or still even thinking about it, even if you do want to change your life for God, regardless, we still want you to feel that you're loved, not judged, but given hope that we can do this together. I have a story for you. First off, I have the first slide here. This, uh, this old gentleman likes fishing. He's got his fishing rod. He's got his walker out there in the water. He, he's not giving up. Who, who is it? Come on. Right? <laughs> so I've got a story that goes along with this. It's not this of this guy. I just found this picture and it added it to the other story I have for you. But a, a 90-year-old fisherman was out fishing kind of like this. And he kept hearing a voice. It said, pick me up. He looked around. Didn't see anybody. Pick me up. He's starting to wonder after a while. Pick me up. What? Finally, he looks down. And there is a talking frog. Uh, what? So he said, pick me up. So he picked it up. And the frog said, if you kiss me, I'll turn into a beautiful princess. Man thought for a moment. Took the frog and put it in his vest coat, and the frog's like, whoa, 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 hey, you're supposed to kiss me, I'll be a beautiful princess. And the old fisherman said, well, at this age, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> there is a spiritual analogy to this story. Is that we know how stories are supposed to go, Things are life, how they're supposed to be. But a lot of times on the inside, we're like, but I would rather. Even when it comes to our walk with God. I know it's supposed to look like this. Especially if we've grown up around the church and been in the Bible. We know it's supposed to look like this. But I'd rather. I'd rather. And of course, the reason I told this little story is that uh, I want to make the point that in our lives, 
Are we someone willing to submit to God's way? Or this is my own, because I've got it. If you would look at me over in 1 Peter chapter 1. Got it up on the screen if, uh, if that helps. And verse 22 says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. You know, one of the things that you read about in the, in, in the stories, if you look back to the first few verses of 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter, the apostle Peter, Simon Peter, is writing to Christians that had been dispersed throughout that area of the Middle East and, and Asia Minor, you know, Turkey today. And through the persecution probably of Acts 8 with, uh, with Stephen, when Stephen was stoned. And so many Christians went out from all over the place, kind of the... the Acts chapter 1 where Jesus said, hey, you'll start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then to the ends of the earth and taking the message about God's love. And so God dispersed the Christians out of Jerusalem and, and they went off to Judea and Samaria. And Christians went out you know, from a large church in Jerusalem and all the encouragement, family feel that was, to just be in a few people here and there in these different cities and towns all over the Middle East. Some of them did great, made other disciples, loved God back, you know, worked hard in their professions and their jobs and maybe came up with new professions. Some probably did okay. And some probably did poorly spiritually. And Peter's writing to them and saying, hey, make sure you keep loving the Christians. Don't get isolated. Don't get by yourself. You're going to have a lot of temptations to think, I'd rather. Don't go there. And that's what he's saying. Listen, you became Christian. You purified yourself with the word. And the word, the truth stands forever. It never changes. But make sure you love each other deeply from the heart. You've got to have these relationships. You've got to continue the Christian relationships of life or this will not work out well. If you would go over the next uh, slide for me. Ah, it's a video game at the mall. Valley River. It's called Lane Masters. I do my old person walk in the mall uh, in the mornings. It's flat. Uh, I, I don't, I, it's hard to run anymore. And so I, I get walking. I get walking pretty good pace. I get winded. And worked up a little bit of a perspiration. But there's this video arcade place, and they've got this game called Lane Masters. You, you don't actually throw a ball. It's, it's kind of electronic. And you stay. You keep your, your ball in the lane. You go down. And you knock down the pins. Well, this is what you and I are called to live as Christians. Stay in our lanes. You've heard that term? Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> you know why why would I want to stay in any particular lane it has to do with my love my love for God my love for others I just got recently celebrate my 30th anniversary with my wife Cheryl she's coming back tonight from LA like, yes. <laughs> why stay in my marriage lane for 30 years why sure what's the motivation survival I love God first, and I love her the more than any other human on the planet. That's the motivation to stay in that marriage lane. I love God. I love her more than any other human. I want to stay in that lane. I want to stay in that lane. I think that's for a struggle for a lot of us that, that want to be Christians. Like, 
where's the, where can I get that, that motivation? I want to do this. Whether I'm with Christians or alone or on campus or working or my neighborhood, I want, I, I want to do this. I want to say no to those temptations to, to jump into another lane. Where do I get that motivation? Some of us struggle with that motivation. It's hard to make it go from religion to a relationship. I, I feel for those of us that, uh, you know, there's so many benefits to growing up in the church. So many benefits. But there's a huge drawback. Because you know what to say since you've been like, since you can talk. Right? Connor grew up in the church in Tennessee. He's like, yeah, I knew what to say the whole time. I'd say one thing and go do another thing. Yeah, I, I get it, right? And some of you that grew up in the church here and other places, I see you nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. Because I, I had three kids that grew up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church, but they did. And I, I know the struggles they, they have. Find that motivation so I can stay in my lane, no matter who I'm around. I'm not wishing and dreaming. I'd rather. In our hearts, don't go to that place. I'd rather. If we're doing that, that's a, a sign that I'm struggling with who or what I love the most. Because I'm always thinking, I'd rather. I have a help for that if you guys want to hear that today. I want to give you a challenge this week. And that is to get with another Christian and go on a prayer walk. So you're talking to God, you're talking to another Christian. There's a surefire way to stay faithful in your lane. Just talk to God and talk to Christians every day. Talk to God and talk to Christians every single day. No matter what you feel like. Feelings change, don't they? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Think, well, I feel one way one day, one day. The... For me, I can have one feeling and 15 minutes later, I have that whole totally opposite feeling. Hey, you like that sometimes? You think, what's wrong with me? Am I weird? Am I strange? Do I, do I need medication? I go from one extreme feeling to another? How can that be? But you guys, others, you make me feel better if you just say, yeah, I, I, I know that too. I, 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 I'm, I'm not totally abnormal or something. Uh, my wife, she's awesome. She's just so even keeled through life. I, I admire that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm all over the map. I, I have enough emotions for both of us. She's like, you got enough for all of us. So you're all, you're all good. Um, but you're saying, I'm not feeling it. Go ahead and do what you know you need to do of talking to God and talking to other Christians. My wife had this thing that when we leave one another or we, we come back to one another, we have a greeting. You, you, you uh, give a hug and a, a kiss. A goodbye and a hello. Now, I've got to admit, sometimes, though, even though she's been gone for a day or whatever, I'm doing something and I'm distracted by what I'm doing. And she'll come in and I don't feel like getting up and putting aside what I was doing and give her a hug and a kiss. Some of you married folks, maybe you have felt that way before. And if you're not married, you could imagine how, okay, yeah, you've been married for a while. And you're doing something. You, you want to get it done. You're focused on it. And all of a sudden, the other door opens, and there, there, there's, there's your spouse. But my uh, promise to her, her to me is hey, we have this special greeting each time. And if you have to put something aside to do that, you do that. Even if you don't feel like it at the moment. But generally speaking, when I get up, 
and put aside what I'm doing and go hug my wife and give her a kiss and embrace her for a moment. I'm like, I'm happy I did that. But at first, it just felt annoying because I, I want to get this done. And for a lot of us, we are so engrossed in life and we have a lot of responsibilities. But let me encourage you, regardless of where you are on your schedule, your thinking, how you feel a particular day, decide, I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to talk to other Christians. Even if you don't feel like it. Stay in your lane. Keep talking. Instead of, I'd rather. If you would look at me over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians 12, in verse 12. It says the body or family is a unit. It's made up of many parts. Though all its parts are many, they form one body, one family. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we're all given the one spirit to drink. And it goes on to talk about how, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The foot should not say, because I'm not a hand, I do not walk. It goes on to talk about other analogies that we all form this body. We all have different contributions to it. We all come from different places, different backgrounds, and, and different experiences. But we all can still be one body. I love that. Don't you love that? No matter where you've been, no matter where you're going, you can be a part of this body of God. No matter where your life has been, you go, ah, see, I, I can't go to church. And if I go to church and walk in, you know, God's going to strike that building with lightning. Ah, it's the way I've lived my life. No, God says, I want everybody. No matter where you have been. No matter where you are right now. No matter how much you're saying, I'd rather. God still wants you. Because he believes that can change. He believes that can change. I just need to believe. This idea that we're baptized, we're making a covenant with God. Yes, our relationship with Him, but also our relationship with the Father, with Dad, but with the family too. We can't say, well, I want God, I want Dad, I want salvation, but those church people, that hypocritical stuff, and organized religion, nah, 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 nah. I don't want any of that. I'll just get up on Sunday mornings, yeah, I'd go to Starbucks, get my favorite coffee, and then hike up Spencer's Butte and just look on the rocks and look at the beauty of, of creation, let those squirrels walk around, feed themselves, and then go, wow, God made all this. Mm-hmm. And that'd be my church. God didn't make family so you can only be close to God. It's also <clears throat> being part of the family. Mm-hmm. Come on by the reunion. Nah, I don't like those folks. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to be with God. Long term, it's just not a solution for life. We talk to God and we talk to each other. Otherwise, it does not work. If you would flip over to me, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Okay. Hebrews Hebrews 10. And, um, Verse 23, let, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let's consider how he may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's your habit? I don't mean necessarily in schedule, but inside. Yeah, I know there's midweek tonight, but I'd rather. I know the Christians are getting together, but I'd rather. 
You know, when we, uh, we lose our habit of being with the Christians, we lose our anchor. We stop talking to God and others on a daily basis. There was a time when I drifted out of my lane. 2001, I was up in New Jersey and with the New York City Church of Christ and got out of the ministry in that same year of 2001. And my wife was just working part-time with three younger kids at home. And uh, I had to do something to, to make some money. I wanted to go back to grad school in chemistry. That's what I wanted to do. So I started uh, something I, I felt like I could do. It was have an automotive repair facility and restore older vehicles kind of on the side and on the bays. Well, I need to catch up to do that on modern computer-controlled vehicles. So after work, I drive up to Mayapec, New York, and study under one of the automotive gurus in that area and, and learn how to diagnose computer-controlled vehicles. Voltage, amperage readings, on and on and on. Um, and felt real good about it, but it took a toll. I'm up before the sun's up and back when it's dark and not seeing my kids. Not much of my wife working six days a week. Wanted to do well. Business was growing. I wanted to make the money to pay the bills. We had a mortgage. We had the kids. We had all these things. But I felt like I was drifting. Couldn't make it Wednesday nights because I'm going to these classes to learn how to, to diagnose computer-controlled vehicles. Sundays, yeah, I was there, but I was kind of like the walking dead. There, but not really. And I felt drifting in my lane. Do you know what woke me up? My kids. My eight-year-old son started acting up. He'd get angry at home, frustrated, violent with his two sisters. And Cheryl would say, Kelly, it's because you're not around him anymore. You've lo losing your anchor and he's losing his too. Come on, Kelly. That got me thinking, and I had to wake up real fast. I couldn't let any bitterness or disappointment towards people that mm -hmm. you know, kind of engineered the idea of me not being in the ministry. Didn't want to be simply engrossed with the idea of making a business successful, paying the bills. And that's what I tell myself, I've got to pay the bills, I've got to put on the table, I've got, got mortgages coming up, da 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 i got I got it, i I'd rather do this because I can make the money for that. Well, I had to make a decision. Life's got to change for me. If it's going to change for my son, it's got to change for me. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're single, it's like, ah, oh, well, whatever, I drift off my lane, drift back, drift fly, this is me. Hey, if you're married, you got kids, it's another story. You pull up your anchor and drift around, they're going to do the same kind of thing. Right. And I saw how he was acting, what Cheryl was pointing out to me, that I need to change this. I need to get back in my lane and stay in my lane. My marriage lane, my God lane, my family of God lane. I gotta stay in those lanes. Because I'm driving all over the place. And, and look at that that anchorless approach does. Look at my son. Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel he has the foundation, but he can't express it. He's only eight. He can't sit down and be, well, Dad, uh, let me uh, have a little discussion with you about how I'm feeling. Uh, you're uh, pulled up your anchor, and now I'm drifting a little bit too. It, it, it ain't gonna happen. 
But I can see what he's doing. Right. And that's just as much valid as after sitting down and telling me in a reasonable way. Here's what's happening, Dad. Right. Look at your life. That's what he was doing. That's what he was saying. That's what he was communicating. You're drifting out of your lane. It would have been cool if he could have said, hey, stay in your lane, Dad. <laughs> well, I had to make some decisions. But I'm going to get back in my lane. Hmm. And did. Even if that meant I made less money, I spent less time at work. Come on, Kelly. Even if somebody doesn't like it. Even if that means I have to get on a different schedule for my classes. No more. I'm not going to let this push me around and push me out of my lane anymore. I let it push me out. I'm not going to do it anymore. And whatever I've got to do, I'm going to do. This relationship means too much with God, with my wife, and my kids. That means too much for me just to let this happen. And some of us are hard. We're just letting it happen. Because every day we're saying, yes, I should, but I'd rather. I should... But I'd rather. It's time. Just say, I don't want to be in my lane. Thank you for those that gave them sacrificially and cheerfully to the missions contribution today. Thank you very much. What you're doing is such a huge help for putting together and keeping the budgets of what's going on in Bend, in Corvallis, in Salem, and then to some degree things here in uh, Eugene. So grateful for that. But more than anything, my concern today is if you notice, I'm not preaching about money. I'm preaching about just give our hearts to God mm -hmm. and stay in that lane. Amen. That God lane, that marriage lane, where we're supposed to be. And not be saying, I'd rather. Amen. That's not God talking. God's calling you back in the lane. He's going to let some things happen to you, like an eight year old son who acts out to get your attention. And a lot of us have those things happening in life right now. They're telling us, hey, get in your lane, bro. I hope we listen. And not dispel it by simply saying, well, yeah, but I'd rather. We take communion now. And this is the time we get to remember the death of Jesus. First Corinthians 11 teaches us that. Therefore, the resurrection. If you've ever read about Jesus' time right before the rest of the crucifixion, the times he had to go to the Lord and say, "Yeah, I'm struggling with this." Could you say Jesus was at a point where he's saying, "I'd rather, maybe." He said, no, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. We can get those thoughts, I'd rather. But you know what? We can dispel them too. Nope, not going to listen to that. Stay in my lane, baby. Stay in my lane. As we have the trays passed, we take up uh, the bread, the body, the, the cup, the blood of Jesus. Let's remember. It's our own lives. Let's make the commitment again. This relationship means more to me than listening to those little things I'd rather. Mm -hmm. 
say no to them. Because this relationship means more to me than God and the Christians. And I want to make a daily commitment of the idea of talking to God and talking to the Christians every day, even when I don't feel like it. Let's pray. God, we're grateful we come to you and pray that you want us to come and talk to you. As any good parent would want their children to talk to them, to express themselves. Good, bad, or ugly. You want us to express ourselves. It's okay to go to you and pray and say, God, I'm, I'm saying a lot of I rathers. I know that's probably not good. I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to other Christians about it. We've got to talk. Help us be willing to do that. Thank you that Jesus said no to those things. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'm going to go to the cross anyway. Because he loves God and loves us. Help us to recommit ourselves to this relationship. Staying in that, that God lane, that marriage lane, that family mm-hmm. lane that we need to today as we take the cup and the bread. We love you, bring your son's name. Amen.